So, good morning, welcome. Um, hey, we have a little bit, a little bit of family business to get into before I get into the word today. I'm so excited about today's t- message. I want to get to it, but priorities are priorities. Uh, so, here's the here's the deal. Most of you are aware. We talked about our youth uh, missions trip to Mexico a little bit before the break. Thank you so much. Um, talked about our mission trip to Mexico, and most of you guys know that Adam and Kimberly Peer have been leading our youth group now for three years, two years, two, three years, three years, uh, and have been just amazing. Their ability to just connect and, and their commitment level with those kids has been fantastic. Adam and Kim, though, are in a sort of transitional uh, time of life right now. Uh, in, a, in a couple of different areas, but w- one I will mention because we want to pray for them uh, this week in particular. Some of you have noticed before you've mentioned to me that Adam talks a little bit funny. And um, Adam is South African, and his family is in South Africa. And the last couple of years, uh, his mom has been battling cancer. And so they are going to be leaving this week to go back to South Africa for a little while just to be with family and to spend some time together. And we want to bless them and pray for them, and we want to continue to keep them in our prayers as well as keep Adam's mom in our prayers. So with that in mind, we felt, uh, I felt really as awesome as these guys have been, that there was uh, things that they were ha- having to do and worry about and think about that maybe they shouldn't have to do and worry about and think about, you know what I mean? So I approached them with the idea of stepping back from leading the youth group for a while and just kind of... Uh, taking a break so that they can focus on family and on school and some other stuff. So with that, uh, our dear friend uh, Tucker Arnold, who led worship this morning, by the way. Good job, Tuck. Way to go. There he is. Uh, Is going to step into that role. Some of you guys are aware, Tucker's been with us for a couple years now. We stole him from Salem Vineyard. Um, I didn't personally steal him. Sarah stole him. Shane stole him. But Salem's loss is our gain. Uh, hey, I want to say this, that I, I've worked with a lot, a lot of young people in my life, and very rarely have I met someone that is as passionate in pursuing the call of God in their life as this guy. So Tuck already is obviously very involved in our worship team. He leads our young adult community, now he's going to start leading our youth group as well. So what I want to do this morning is have both of them come up. Come on, Adam, come on up. Tuck, come up. And we, I just want to pray for him. Just bless Adam and their transition, what they're doing, time with family, uh, schooling and stuff they're doing, and pray for Tucker and his role stepping into really what is, I mean, more responsibility. It's all you need, right? More responsibility. I told him this morning, Jesus loves you and Glenn has a plan for your life, Um, which I'm just saying. Uh, So I'm going to ask if our church board and some of our leadership folk would come and just join me in praying for them. Would you guys do that, please? There you go. <laughs> what a dork. This is what I have to deal with. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to ask you guys just to pray as you feel led. And all of those of you out there, you're welcome to just uh, extend your hands and, and pray towards them as well. Father, we thank you so much for your heart on these young men and on Kim, who's uh, working this morning, Lord. I, first, I just want to thank you so much for Adam and Kimberly, their heart for God, their heart for you, 
uh, and just bless them richly and abundantly, Lord. All they do, all they put their hands to, would you bless them, Lord? And I pray especially for their time in South Africa, that it would be rich and full, that it would just be so, so precious to be with family and be together. Bless them in their journey, safe travels, Lord God, and your hand of grace and mercy uh, on them and your hand of healing on Adam's mom, Lord. We just, we just call out now from here and we ask that your healing touch would come upon her life and her body, and Lord, that you would restore her completely and totally. And we thank you for them. And Lord, I thank you for Tucker and his heart for you and his passion for your kingdom. I pray for wisdom and guidance and direction and leadership, Lord Jesus. All the anointing you have to rest on him to take over this role. Bless him richly and abundantly, Lord God. You guys can go ahead and pray as you feel that. Lord Jesus, in your name we pray, amen. Keep these guys both in your prayers, and uh, I'm sure we'll have updates on both ends along the way. Thanks, guys. You have a Bible handy, or your electronic device, there you go. Cindy has a real Bible, I'm so proud of you. 
At least I know you're reading the Bible, not just texting someone during church. I don't do that during church. Turn with me to Acts chapter 2 real quick. We're continuing our, gift, our uh, series on the gifts of the Spirit this morning called Unwrapped. And I want to start in the second chapter of Acts. Verse 1, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together at one place. They meaning the uh, original disciples as well as some of their friends and followers, a small group of people that had been uh, pretty closely connected to Jesus. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. Pentecost is a celebration, an Old Testament festival, and so people had come from different locations to participate in this particular festival. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment. So they were in the house and they were making some noise. People outside heard that and gathered. Because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. And then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel and then Peter goes on from there to read a passage from the second chapter of Joel that talks about a time in which the Spirit would pour out on people and uh, they would prophesy and have dreams and visions and so on and so forth. So here in Acts chapter 2 is the first occasion in the Bible of the gift of tongues uh, being used and it causes, as you can see, some confusion. Uh, the uh, exact terms that were used there were amazed, perplexed, and bewildered. Um, and look, let's be honest, this was a fairly strange occurrence, was it not? Uh, uh, it was, a, it was a unprecedented at that point, an unusual thing to happen, so I can imagine them being amazed, perplexed, and bewildered. In fact, I can imagine it quite well, because here we are some 2,000 years later, and very often when a similar type situation happens in the church, uh, people are sometimes amazed, perplexed, and or bewildered. Um, the gift of tongues is probably, I, I, I would say, uh, one of the more, maybe the most confusing of all the spiritual gifts. And because it's confusing, also one of the most controversial of all the spiritual gifts. A lot of uh, different thoughts and feelings connected to it. So as we continue our series on the gifts of the Spirit, I want to begin looking at some of the gifts individually and specifically and up a little closer and decided to begin with this gift because of those reasons. So here's uh, the title this morning is just making sense of tongues. <laughs> I don't I don't know if that's actually tongues or not. That guy's got some other problems going on. But we're going to do our best to make 
That wasn't tongues either, just for the record. Um, what? Jeremy who? I have no idea who that is. I just know that he's got some issues. I know. <laughs> okay. Enough. Enough with the picture, please. So um, let's pray. Good night. <laughs> Jesus, would you open your word to us this morning? We, uh, we so long to know you better, and we believe your word is one of the primary ways we can do that. So would you enlighten us this morning? Amen. Uh, if you, our primary text for this whole series is 1 Corinthians 12 through 14. And uh, if you remember back in chapter 12, we looked at a passage between verses 7 and 11. begins this way. Uh, now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit. And that phrase, manifestation of the Spirit, is another way of saying gifts of the Spirit. And I've talked in our previous messages a little bit about why it may even be a better uh, description than gifts of the Spirit. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And then he ends this little section in verse 11. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. He distributes them to each one just as he determines. And then in verses 8 through 10, in between those, he lists some of the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, to one is given a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge, uh, another faith, gifts of healing, which is plural, by the way, uh, miraculous powers, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another, the interpretation of tongues. Uh, I've shared with you before, it's my perspective that that is not a comprehensive list. Those are not all the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, there are others. Paul's purpose in making a list here of a number of gifts is to illustrate unity and diversity, which is one of his main topics. The uh, word there, tongues, for the, the uh, gift of speaking in different kinds of tongues is the Greek word glossolalia. It's really a combination of two words, glossa meaning tongue and lalia meaning language. So literally, it means uh, it's a language of the tongue. Um, but contextually, and, and we've talked about this before, and if you come to my Bible study class, you'll learn more about context. Um, contextually, we know that what he is referring to, it's very clear, is a language that is unlearned and unknown by the person speaking it. So it's not just a language uh, that we speak, it's an unknown language that we speak that's imparted to us spontaneously or supernaturally by the Holy Spirit. In addition to 12 through 14 of 1 Corinthians, there are four other explicit references to the gift of tongues in Scripture. Uh, Mark 16 is a post-resurrection appearance of Jesus. He, uh, his disciples see him, and he mentions to them at that point uh, things, signs that will follow uh, or signs that will be given to those that follow him, including the casting out of demons, healing the sick, speaking in other tongues. He also mentions there uh, picking up deadly snakes and drinking poison. But that's a story for another day. We'll talk about that later. Um, the other three references are all in the book of Acts. Acts 2 that we just read is the first occasion. The two others are in Acts chapter 10 at the home of Cornelius. Uh, people are filled with the Spirit and speak in other tongues. And in Acts chapter 19, Paul is traveling through Ephesus. He comes upon a small group of believers, asks them if they know anything about the Holy Spirit. Uh, they say, no, we don't. He prays for them. They're filled with the Spirit and speak in tongues. There are also uh, three other references in Scripture that are not explicitly, that they're not 
clearly about gift of tongues, but probably refer to the gift of tongues. Those are in Isaiah 28, 11, Romans 8, 26, and Jude 20. We'll look at the uh, Romans text in a little while, but uh, just if you're taking notes, you can look. That's, that's the references in Scripture to the gift of tongues. I told you before, I grew up in a church that uh, was a great church, but didn't have any, there was no mention really, or no, there was nothing to do with the Holy Spirit. It was just not talked about. It was like it didn't exist. I've said before, um, and again, I love this church, but it was, I, I've said they worshiped the Holy Binity, you know, the Father and Son, because just nobody ever talked about the Holy Spirit. Uh, and I ended up in this little home group that uh, became later the Vineyard in Anaheim. And on my first visit there, I believe I was filled with the Spirit. I didn't know what happened. I had no language for it. But I felt, I left there feeling the presence of God in a very powerful and real way, tangible way that I never had before. And uh, so I became connected to that little group, uh, eventually became a church, and I was, I, I, I was exposed to teaching about the gifts of the Spirit and to people who were moving in the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, and, and I grew in my, my desire for more of those things. And in that process, uh, I heard about and, and became aware of this gift of tongues. And so I thought it's, it seemed like it was a positive thing. People that, that did this seemed to enjoy it. Uh, so I thought, why not? I, I would like that. So I began to pray for God to give me the gift of tongues. And I, I, I really did. I, I read all the scripture I mentioned this morning. And I prayed very diligently for some period of time. I don't remember how long, weeks. Uh, nothing happened. So I went up. Uh, we had a service that involved a ministry time with a prayer team at the end, very much like we do here today. So I went up on a Sunday and said, hey, I really want the gift of tongues. And will you guys pray for me? Oh, yes. They would say, we would love to pray for you. They prayed for me and nothing happened. So I repeated that process probably, I don't know, two, three, four times uh, to the same result. Every time, nothing happened. So I was beginning to get a little frustrated with this process. So one night after our evening service, which was the ministry service, morning was the teaching service and evening was the ministry service. I tracked down our pastor, uh, John Wimber, and I said, John, I've been praying for the gift of tongues and I didn't get it. And I've asked the prayer team to pray for me for the gift of tongues and I didn't get it. So I'm here talking to you. And uh, he laughed as he always did. He, he laughed at me a lot. I don't know what that means. Um, but he was also very gracious, and he said, let me pray for you. So John prayed for me, and I was certain, you know, this is the guy, right? This is the big guy. He's got the juice. Uh, you know, absolutely nothing happened. Um, so, you know, my frustration level grew. So sometime later, I don't know if it was a week or a couple weeks, but not too long after that, I was home one night. I was reading a book called The Holy Spirit and Use. I don't, anybody ever read that book? It's from the 70s. Dennis Bennett is a... Uh, I think he was an Episcopalian priest that became a charismatic Episcopalian priest. Anyway, he wrote this book called The Holy Spirit. It's a great little book. And I'm reading that, and I get to this chapter or this section about the gift of tongues, and I'm reading it, and I'm getting ticked off. And I start complaining to God, and I'm just saying, okay, look, I do not get it. Okay, you said we can have this gift. You said ask for it, we get it. And I didn't get it. And I prayed and I had people pray for me and I had John pray for me and I'm reading the book. This guy says you can have it and I don't get it. And the next thing I know, I started speaking in tongues in my room out loud and it scared the out of me. 
But I also got very excited, and I was afraid. Here's, this is the true confessions. Uh, this is, you know, in the infancy of my spirit-filled life. I was afraid if I stopped that it would go away and never come back again. So I kept praying in tongues. I had, uh, I had moved back into my parents' house to save money because we were, Donna and I were going to get married, and uh, I, I was, so I moved back in with them to the same house. So I didn't want anybody to hear me. So at that time, believe it or not, back in the day, I, I ran. So I put my running clothes on, and I went running, speaking in tongues. And I literally ran around the city uh, speaking in tongues for like two hours. It was the longest run I'd ever done in my life. Finally, I got so exhausted, I just couldn't run anymore, so I went home. Uh, and I had to stop. But I, thank God, next time I tried it, it came back again. Um, so that was, that was my experience with the gift of tongues. I realized, and, and I'll clarify this a little bit as we go, there's no formulas. It doesn't work the same for everybody. Uh, that's just what happened to have, or what happened to have happened to me. Um, I want to add this, and, and I'll clarify these things as we go as well. Um, that was back in, you know, I don't know, 1979-ish, 80-ish maybe. Uh, and so the gift of tongues have been a normal, regular part of my prayer life, my devotional life every, ever since then. Uh, I would say this, I, I, I use the gift of tongues almost daily. I probably have not used it every day in that 35 or 40 years, whatever that is, uh, seasons, but, but almost daily. In that same period of time, uh, I have never spoken in tongues out loud in a service. I've never felt led or prompted to do that, uh, nor have I ever been given or received a gift of interpretation of tongues. Uh, so just uh, by way of comparison, I wanted to mention those things in my own life. Um, one of the purposes of the gifts of the Spirit is to, to make God known, to reveal God to His people. And so um, the gift of tongues and interpretation together will do that. Uh, tongues is, is a prayer or praise. It, it's, it's a message uh, to God. And if you're in a service and someone has the gift of tongues, and then that's interpreted so people can understand what was being said, then that makes God known. It reveals Him. Um, and, and in a public setting, those two things would go together well. If there was no interpretation, obviously, it wouldn't make God known or it wouldn't be encouraging or uplifting in any way. It would just be kind of uh, confusing. Um, so I, I'm going to make this statement, and it's, it's not an explicit biblical statement, but I believe it's the heart of the text, and that is that the gift of tongues is primarily for personal use. It's primarily a gift given uh, as a devotional gift to enhance our prayer life and our worship and our adoration to God. Um, it's used as a, a benefit and a tool for that process. Uh, Paul in uh, chapter 14, verses 18, 19 says, and this is, pay attention to this, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. So Paul sa is saying, I speak in tongues more than all of you. But in the church, I would rather speak five intelligible words than instruct others to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. So in his own private prayer, he speaks in tongues all the time, but in public, not so much. Um, tongues, again, is a very unique gift. The gifts of the Spirit are unique in their own right. The charismatic gifts of 1 Corinthians 12 are unique. Tongues is unique among them in that it's the only one. <clears throat> now, we've talked a lot in the last few weeks in the introduction 
weeks of this series about the gifts being for the common good, the gifts being for the building up of the body, the gifts being for creating unity. The gift of tongues is a little bit different in that it's self-edifying. It's really for personal edification. It builds up your spirit. It builds up our own spirit rather than being something that we use to build up someone else. Prophecy, healing, other gifts of the spirit are given away. God gives them to us to give, to use to, to build someone else up, to build the body up. Gift of tongues is for ourselves. Paul says prophecy is the greater gift unless tongues is interpreted. Then it's equal. But without interpretation, uh, it's not as valuable. But in private, Tongues is a very, very effective tool for devotion and prayer. And, and I would say, uh, it, to me, I believe it's invaluable in that regard. Let me give you two examples of that. How many of you have ever had a situation in your life, you really felt just alive in the Spirit of God? Just God's presence, God, just, you're just so grateful, so thankful, so joyful, and so much so you don't even really know how to express it. You don't know what to say. Anybody? few of you. How many of you have ever had a situation in your life that was so overwhelming and challenging or confusing or difficult or a decision to make that you just didn't even know what to do, didn't know how to pray? A few of you there as well. Either one of those extremes, I think, is a great uh, opportunity to utilize the gift of tongues uh, to help us pray when we have things in our heart that we don't know how to pray. Uh, I've been in situations, you know, sometimes something is so challenging, I don't even know how to pray here. Uh, other times I'm so, uh, you know, blessed and just feeling so good, but somehow, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, I love you, Jesus, I love you, Jesus, I love you, Jesus, just doesn't seem to cut it. And so I, I, the, the gift of tongues really helps me express those things that I don't otherwise know how to express. Um, we, we said that anyone who speaks in tongue identifies himself. And then uh, verse 2 says, For anyone who speaks in tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. Okay, there's another benefit, another value in the gift of tongues that I think is uh, incredibly valuable and yet often overlooked. And I want to share that with you. But I want you to uh, put your theology caps on right now and buckle your seatbelts. Uh, you're really only going to get this here. I'm sorry. This is just not, this, this, this stuff is not, you're not going to hear this in any Joe Church on the corner. This is good. Um, are you ready? Some of you that were here, do you remember back in the very first week of this series, I talked about the reality that sometimes our mind and our spirit are at war with one another. Anybody remember me talking about that? Anybody identify with that? Jesus said to his disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane there, uh, the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Uh, sometimes we find this situation in our life. Our spirit is really longing for more of God. Our spirit wants to press into the depth of God. Our spirit wants to engage with God in a deeper way, and our mind just keeps jacking with us. Anybody? Um, I, let me go back just a little bit and say this. When Jesus says the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, we understand the flesh is our body, right? It's our, our, our physical person. But 
I mentioned this before, your flesh, your body, your, 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 the, the, your various body parts, they don't do naughty things on their own. Anybody know that? Where does that whole process start? Right here. Right here. Whatever happens out here starts here. So I believe that this is a big part of the flesh uh, that is oftentimes weak, even when our spirit is willing. Sometimes we have a situation where um, we're focusing on the Lord and we're trying to hear his voice. We, we, maybe you hear somebody or you read a book or something about hearing the voice of the Lord. I want to hear God's voice in a new way. I want to be open to him. And we're really pressing and trying to hear and our mind keeps thinking about everything else. Anybody? Over here. No, no, no. Come back, come back, come back, back. And then it's over here. And, come down, da, 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 da. and it's way out there. No, no, no. Come back, come back, come back. And you just feel like, oh, my gosh, I am trying so hard. And yet my mind will not back off. How, how about this? Anybody ever uh, have a situation in your life where you're praying and faith? It, you know, I, I think often we've talked about it, the guy that said, you know, I believe, help my unbelief, Right? You, you have belief. There's belief in your heart. Your spirit wants to believe. But somehow there's a little voice in here that keeps saying, oh, that's not going to happen. Anybody? Um, let me just say this. There's a way. That, that to me is the battle between our spirit and our mind. To me, there's an ongoing battle. I think, I think spiritual warfare, we talk about, uh, you know, principalities and powers and calling down the heavenlies. I think 90% of spiritual warfare is right here. Um, there is a way you can circumvent the system. This is good. You can actually bypass your mind and feed your spirit. By praying a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. Now, that sounds kind of negative at first, but let me tell you, sometimes it would be to our benefit for our mind to be a little bit unfruitful. There are a lot of things we can do to feed our mind in a positive way, right? We read the scripture. We study the scripture. We, there's a lot of things we can do to feed our mind, but there are very few things we can do to feed our spirit without engaging our mind. But this is the one that we can do that. I really believe the gift of tongues is invaluable in building our spirit and circumventing the system, uh, getting around that thought process that sometimes gets in the way. I found this in, my, in the course of my life, it's very helpful to speak in tongues for an extended period of time. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter, 15 minutes, half hour, hour, whatever. Um, the beauty of it is this, you don't really have to think about it. So you can do it in the shower, you can do it while you're driving, you can do it while you're working in the yard. You can go out work, you know, I can mow my lawn. It takes me about two hours to mow my lawn. I can ride around on my little John Deere and speak in tongues the whole time. Uh, it's, it's beautiful. Uh, you connect with God on a totally different level. A totally different level, and you really can bypass your mind at that moment and feed your spirit. I really believe, and I've heard different teachings on this, uh, I'm smarter than all those guys. Um, I believe this is what the psalmist is getting at when he says deep calls to deep. This is, it, it, okay, this is, a, this is a metaphor, okay? 
in the roar of your waterfalls, God, waterfalls, all your waves and breakers have swept over me. I think the psalmist is saying, there's a deep part of my spirit that calls out to the depth of who you are. And I think speaking in tongues is one of the ways that can happen. I mentioned Romans 8 earlier. I, always, I also think this, that this is what Paul is referring to when he says, in the same way, the spirit helps us in our weakness. The flesh is weak. We do not know what we ought to pray for hello, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. I, I really believe that's what Paul's referencing there, and I think it's an invaluable gift. So I would just say this. Give it a shot. If you don't employ the gift of tongues in your normal daily devotional life, I would encourage you to do so. I would encourage you to find a way to engage uh, in speaking in tongues uh, for an extended period of time. I mean, even, look, look, it's like anything. Start small, 10 minutes a day, whatever. Uh, and we'll, we'll call this the whole 30. That's a great name the whole 30, and so do it for 30 days uh, <laughs> and see what happens. It's much better than that other whole 30, let me tell you. Uh, been there, done that. Uh, just see what happens. Just do it. Try it for a month and see what happens. See if you don't experience a transformation in your own spiritual life. Um, oh, are you serious? <laughs> uh Here's what we're going to do. We're going to do part two. Uh, I'll do part two in a couple weeks. How's that? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it right now. Stand up. <laughs> <laughs>